There's a simple, very powerful truth, a secret, Paul called it, a mystery, Christ in you. We sang, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. That's out of Psalms 46, verse 4. The New Living Translation says, A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. And then we see in the New Testament, when we read the last book of the Bible, it's titled The Revelation of Jesus Christ. The Revelation of Jesus Christ. An angel tells John to come and I'm going to show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he says, and I looked and I saw a city. I saw a city adorned as a bride for her husband. And this this revelation of Jesus Christ that we look at, this goes beyond the basic principles of discussions of elements of baptisms and and repentance from dead works and all these things. It goes beyond all that and goes to the reality of this, 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 this whole thing of Christ in you. We are the city of the living God. God is with you. God is in you. You're a new creation. You, you have the spirit. You live in the spirit. You walk in the spirit. You're empowered by the spirit. You have a new life in Jesus. That's what this whole thing is. And I want to uh, look, at, uh, look at some verses of scripture today so you can... Um, I hope you'll follow me in it. Um, I want to start I want to start in First Corinthians chapter three. And uh, it kind of follows on the tales of something I was talking about last time when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and he made this statement to Nicodemus. He said, Flesh only reproduces flesh. Humans only reproduce humans. But the spirit produces life. And, and he was showing this big, wide difference between what Nicodemus was operating in, in his religion, and what Jesus was offering. And he's in effect saying, Nicodemus, with all of your best efforts and all of your highest standards and all of your best motivations says, all you're going to do is reproduce men, mere men, that will continue to live up to a standard that produces no life or no power, no real change in their life. At best, maybe a behavior behavior modification, which doesn't mean anything. And Jesus says, what I'm talking about is you must be born of the Spirit. Because the Spirit, it's the Spirit and the Spirit alone that produces life. In the living creature. So we go to 1 Corinthians 3. And we see this comparison here. Beginning in verse. Um, uh, no, let me, go to, let me go to chapter 2. The end of chapter 2 is where I want to start. Go to chapter 2 at the very end there in verse 12. Paul says, now we have received not the spirit of this world. Not the spirit of this world. Let's, let's take our time and please look at this. So it's not just a teaching or a sermon. Look at a revelation of Jesus Christ here. What has happened to us as, as, as Christians here? Why are we gathered here? Why, do we, we, why, are, why are we even in church this morning? Number one, 
our, 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 our new birth draws us to that. We want to hear. We want to fellowship. We want to know. This is, this is, this is where we do this. And, but we, as, as believers, we have not received the spirit of this world, but we have received the spirit who is from God so we would, would know the things that have been freely given to us from God. This big differentiation is what I want to, want, to, want to look at here today. Not the spirit of this world, but we've received the spirit which is of God. And it means everything. And of course, um, where my heart goes out is to people that they still struggle with this thing. They don't see themselves as spiritual. They, they see it as something that's, that, that's hard instead of natural. And it can become so natural and so, so everyday and so easy and normal for you if, you, if you if you'll just see the truth here in this thing. And quit believing a lie that you're just a mere man because you're not. You once were, but something happened to you. A change happened that you needed to be made aware of. And in so many cases in Christianity, they just weren't made aware of the power of that new creation. He said, but we've received the spirit who is from God. It means everything. There was a a lady in in, in our church many, many years ago that, you know, she she was saying she had jury duty. And uh, I think it was a big case, like a murder case or something, you know, some big criminal trial. And uh, she says, I'm worried about, about my decision is going to affect this, this person's life forever. I'm worried about, will I make the right or wrong decision? And immediately what popped out of my mouth, I said, well, you'll have no problem. You're a born again, spirit filled believer. I said, you're not the one that's going to have any problem with this. You'll know. She looked at me kind of like some of you are right now. Like, like, does that mean anything? Of course it means everything. (laughs) The Spirit knows all things, yea, the deep things of God. The Spirit knows everything, and you have the mind of Christ. But when you don't know truth, when you think that you're still uh, uh, an unregenerate man, then it will affect us in a way that causes us to still live just like mere men. And, And he says... Verse 13, and these are the things that we speak of, not in the words that man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual or or using spiritual words to, to convey spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, their foolishness to him. He can't know them because they're spiritually, only spiritually discerned, known and understood. But he who is spiritual operates by the spirit that they have, lives in the spirit, aware of the, of the spirit that, they, uh, that, that lives in them, that is, that, that is and can be a controlling force, a counseling force, a wisdom-giving force. He who is of the spirit and, uh, knows all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. You understand. The spirit gives understanding. The Spirit gives understanding. That's where compassion and and mercy and forgiveness comes from. When you've been hurt by mean people. That's one example right there. Is is you understand it and so you're not hurt. You actually have compassion. You understand what's going on. You understand where it's coming from. The Spirit has understanding. You understand spiritual things. You begin to understand God, the things of God, the city of God, the kingdom of God. You begin to understand the power of God. You begin to understand righteousness. Righteousness. You get established in it. You understand faith. You understand all these things that the natural mind just, 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 just can't get. They're, they're, they're foolishness and, and they're foolish to them. And, and you understand these things, but they don't understand you. How can they? 
Faith that quenches all the fiery arrows of wickedness. Faith when your world looks like it's been shattered and you're still standing and you still look secure and you feel secure. Loving the unlovable, forgiving the unforgivable. Standing confident when everything looks like the world all all around you is, 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 is crumbling. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? How can they know you? Because they'd have to know the mind of God to know who you are. But you have that mind of God. We have the mind of Christ. Next verse, chapter 3, verse 1. But I, brothers, I couldn't speak to you like spiritual people, but like you are carnal. Talking to this church in Corinth. I, I, I couldn't speak to you spiritual things. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you a lot of things. There was, uh, there was a lot of things that we could not... I could not cause you to see. I could not convey them to you because you were so carnal, meat-headed, so human-minded, so weakness-minded, so flesh-minded, so, so much in tune with sense, sensual knowledge rather than the knowledge that's given to you by the Spirit. He said, I couldn't speak to you like you were spiritual, but I, I had to speak to you as if you were carnal as if you were still worldly people babies in like babies in Christ so I fed you with milk and not with solid food because until now you weren't able to receive it and he tells that church he says and even now you're still not able because you're still carnal you're still that way because where there's there's envy or jealousy there's strife Hatred, unforgiveness, divisions among you. Isn't that proof that you are still just carnal and you're behaving like mere men? Behaving like mere men. Mere men. Now that's a good statement right there because he's saying that you're not. He says, but you're acting like something you're not. It's called hypocrisy, right? To act like something you're not. (laughs) said, you're acting like you're just mere men. You're acting like you're, just, like you're just flesh creatures that are not born of God, children of God, righteousness, seated with Christ in heavenly places, all power and authority, given to you faith and love and hope and all these things, and you're acting like you don't have love, you don't have peace, you don't have joy, you don't have self-control, you don't have patience, you don't have faithfulness. You're acting like you're just mere men without these things. But you're not. Why, why were they acting like that? Because they thought they were. They, didn't, they, they couldn't grasp, they hadn't yet grasped that solid food that gave them the revelation of who they were. But they were acting like mere men. So wh- this is what we want to look at here. We know Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he says, you've got all this knowledge and all that. You're a teacher in Israel, but you don't know this very thing, that you must be born of the Spirit, that it's only the Spirit that gives life. Hmm? And so we, we, we in the church in these days, we've been the receivers of this wonderful and powerful gift that has become something that is so taken for granted. Something that has been so belittled by mixture teaching that brought in so much behavior control into our Christianity that made us feel like we're not there, we're on this quest, we're still trying to get there, we're not godlike, we're trying to become godlike, we're, 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 we're not complete in Him, but we want to be. We're not, we don't have faith, but we wish we had faith. We're going to try to ha- get faith. We don't have love. We don't have joy. 
We're going to try to exercise ourselves to try to get to that place where we have some love, where we have some joy. Uh, we're going to try to talk ourselves into peace. What, what's all that? That's carnal thinking that says, I'm still a mere man trying to become something else. Now, I'm going to show you something in, 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 the, in the book of Hebrews, um, beginning in chapter 5, that talks on the same lines as, as what we just read. And we want to hit this thing today. We want to really look at this. Because in the body of Christ, it has become too normal to be like the Corinthian church. It's become too normal to have a mindset of mere men. Look at the revelation that we sing about. Look at what happens to you when you hear those words. Welcome to my world. You're no longer mere men. I'm with you. You're with me. You're in a different place. You're a new creation. A new thing has, hap- has happened. There is a river in this city. And, and the Bible declares plainly this glorious, beautiful city adorned with the most precious and beautiful of all that's imaginable is you. Oh, woe is me, low is me, just as down as I can go is me. God help me. This beautiful city is you. There's a river. What is that river? It's him. It's the spirit, isn't it? The spirit of the living God. Paul would talk like that. He'd say, don't you know? Wake up. Don't you know? You're the, you're the temple of God and God dwells in you. He says, isn't it high time that we awake to what? Righteousness. What's that? Right standing, wholeness, completeness, beautiful perfection in God. Wake up, snap out of it, get out of that whole thing and snap up to reality. You're in a dream right now. You're not conscious right now. You ever have a, have a dream that's, that's not as good as your reality and you're glad that you woke up? <laughs> For by this time, verse 12 of Hebrews 5, for by this time you ought to be teachers, but you still need somebody to teach you again the first principles or the basic principles of the oracles of God. Now, I want to just throw this out here and you can study it. And You know where in, in Ephesians where he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And one way you can take that, one direction you can take that, is where, where almost everybody does, is they, they give these things bodies and personalities. And this is where we got the spiritual warfare thing. Well, that panned out and we found that that's really not the way <laughs> that we were supposed to go with that. But there's principalities and there's powers and there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a demon that rules over Cunningham. And there's a, there's a demon that's been assigned to our church. And we've got we to gotta come every night and pray and blast him and fight and fight and fight. There's principal, We wrestle against principalities and there's, there's powers and, and there's authority. And people came up and made up these doctrines of, of well, see, there's these hierarchies. That there's, first, that there's principalities and under them are these people, demon people that, that are you know, in the spirit. They're, they're, they're powers and then there's rulers of, of darkness and then there's spiritual 
spiritual wickedness and they come up with all this whole picture of something. But you can just as easily take those words, that word principalities, which they say means like this, this literal a demonic prince that's, that hovers and covers a, a territory. That word principality is the same word that's right here. Arche is the word. All it is is arche, which means principle or first or prime. The basic principles. That's the same word. Principalities. It's the exact same word. When Paul said we wrestle against principalities, what if he's saying we wrestle against principles? (laughs) What is it that hinders the Christian? Basic principles. (laughs) Traditions. That that word powers in the Bible? Principalities and powers. See, there's, there's power up there. There's these demonic... Powers, and you get this image of they can they can do all these powerful things. That word, there's there's two Greek words that we see in the New Testament for powers. One is is dunamis, and one is exousia. Dunamis means means actual force, strength. Exousia simply means right, privilege, or authority. That's what that word is. We wrestle. He, he said we're wrestling against principles and authorities, not power. <laughs> There is no demonic power. Thank you. There's God power. There's spirit power. There's a spirit of power. Well, you know, you can go keep... keep Keep believing and ooing, ooing and awing at demonic powers and see where that gets you. <laughs> or you can ooh and awe at the same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives in you. Or you can ooh and awe that, we didn't get, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And if there's any kind of demonic power, what, is a, what, what kind of a spirit would a demon be? A spirit of fear. <laughs> Which is not a very strong spirit, a spirit of fear. <laughs> I mean, it's not a very bold, powerful thing if they're afraid. <laughs> Spirit of fear, but you've been given a spirit of power, spirit of love and a sound mind. He says, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Let me throw this out because I got you going on that teaching. So you're going to go check it out and I hope you do. Also, he says principles, principles, authorities, rulers of darkness of this world. Oh, see, there's a pitchfork and horns and they're in these... That could just as easily say rulers of darkness. What rules in darkness? Ignorance. Falsehood. Deceptions. If there's no light, (laughs) unbelief. If there's no light, what rules darkness? What rules? If you're dark, if you don't have light, if you don't have revelation, then what will rule you? Falsehoods. (laughs) Ignorance. Unbelief. That's what rules the dark realms. Hmm? And spiritual wickedness in, 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 that in, in high places doesn't have to mean way up there in the sky. Hmm? It's places of authority. Anyway, so that's something you look at there. But you come across it when you read your Bible and you say, this word principles is what he's talking about. He could have, King James could have said, could have said, we need to teach you about the principalities of the oracles of God. And then we'd be thinking, oh, so there's these, there's these creatures that are over these oracles of God that we have to, you know, it's principles. 
It's just simply principles, basic elements, principles of the oracles of God. And you've come to need milk instead of solid food. Basic principles. Now, because those who are partaking of milk, watch this, those who partake of milk are unskilled in the word of what? Word of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. What does the word of righteousness say? Well, first of all, we have a verse in Romans chapter 3. He says, he says, the word, it's not far off. It's not mysterious. The word is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. The word of righteousness essentially says that Jesus became your righteousness, that it's all Jesus, 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 not you, you, you. Right? The word of righteousness is not you attaining righteousness. The word of righteousness says, if you want to be skilled in the word of righteousness, then that's when you take that word and you're like, I am righteous, I am whole, I'm complete in him. That's all there is to it. The accuser says, yeah, but you still do this and you don't do that and you don't do that. I'm skilled with this word of righteousness. It, that, none of those things matter. Jesus is what matters. Are y'all hearing me? Jesus matters. I'm, when you're skilled with the word of righteousness, you have a mindset that because of Jesus, 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 not you, 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 Jesus, 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 I am complete and whole and secure in him. I'm living forever. I'm growing like a weed. I am in right standing with God right now. I don't care if I kicked the dog before church and yelled at the kids on the way here. I am righteous because of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That has nothing to do. Those other things have nothing to do with it. That's being skilled in the word. When you're not skilled in the word of righteousness, you fumble with those things. You stumble over them. You start you you get condemned easy because you're not skilled with this word of righteousness. You start feeling like you're less than you start feeling like you're on this journey trying to get as good as somebody else. You start feeling like you're. You're not as anointed as somebody. You start feel, you have all these things because of not being skilled with the word of righteousness. And so he, he calls you a baby. In other words, you're still going to act like, your, your day-to-day life, you're going to act like you're a mere man instead of the city of God. To those of you listening on recording, you don't hear it, but the people are standing up and jumping up and down right now and cheering. <laughs> He says, for the one who partakes only of milk is not skilled in the word of righteousness because he's a baby. But solid food, watch this, belongs to those who are of full age, complete, mature. You could actually say perfect. In fact, we'll see that word in just a moment. Those who are mature, perfect, full age. That is those, who are those? Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised. And here's what your Bible says. It's your senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That is. It's off somewhat. Look it up in any Greek concordance. The word good and evil means useful and useless. That's called growth. Is that when you come to a revelation of Jesus, there's a lot of things that, 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 that are basic principles that are just not where you're at. They're just kind of useless to you. I don't need to go and sit, sit in a seminar on the doctrine of baptisms. That's a basic principle, and for where I'm at, it's, it's useless to me. The revelation of Jesus Christ, the word of righteousness, the city of living God, Christ in me, that's useful. Hmm? 
The, the doctrine of repentance from dead works. I don't need to go to a seminar and, somebody, and, and go to a seven-day seminar and somebody, have somebody try to convince me to turn from trusting in dead works. That's, that's nothing to me. I've, I've, I've been there. I've got that. Those are basic principles to me. He says, but the things that are important and, and, and things people will argue, they'll argue over baptisms, they'll argue over, they'll argue over forms of worship, they'll argue over um, order of church service. We've got to do it the biblical way when nobody does it the biblical way. We all do it culturally, and that's nothing wrong with that. There's got to, there's, there's, there, there's argument over uh, the gifts of the Spirit. There's, art, there's, there's all this discussion over all of these things, but there is a revelation that's bigger than all of it that just makes all those other things pale in comparison to this revelation of Christ in you that's made you a new creation, that's made you one with Him. As He is, so are you. Boom! How much more perfect can you be? Now, if you, if you struggle with believing that, you're not skilled with this yet. So keep coming and listening and get skilled. <laughs> But if you believe that, if you can believe in the spite of all the evidence that shows how stupid you can be, how many mistakes you can make, how sinful your, 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 you can, your flesh can still be at such a time as this. But if you're skillful in the word of righteousness, you know that as he is, so am I. And you live with that same fullness of Christ in you. Jesus, they, they came condemning him all the time. But he had no condemnation. Skillful. <laughs> he knew who he was. He knew who the Father was with him. He knew where he was at. That's called skillful. Next verse. Chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, since that's how, how this thing works, leaving the discussion of the elementary principalities... <laughs> Principles of Christ. Let's go on to perfection. That word perfection is the Greek word theliotes. It means completeness. It means, excuse me, it means mental, and, mental and moral completeness. Now watch this. So leaving the basic principles of the elements of Christ, let's go on to moral and mental completeness. What's that mean? It's fullness. It's, it's, let's go to this place of righteousness here and let's live where, in the reality of what Christ has done and, 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 and live in a place of completeness. Can y'all get that? Can y'all see that you're not trying to get somewhere? You're not trying to become something. Let's lay those things down and let's go on to completeness. That's what he's saying. He says, because I said, he says, I'm still, we're still talking about all these things and that's not even, that's useless. They're just basic elements that you can discuss forever. But the reality of this thing, the power of this, is the completion, the perfection. Let's move from, the, from that to the reality of perfection that Jesus has done for us. Are y'all seeing this? This is, where, this is where you quit living like mere men. This is where the arrows of this world and the storms of this world don't affect us like they do mere men. People get surprised at how you handle things. Because you don't act like a mere man. What's wrong with you? Are you in denial? What's going on? You have faith. That's what happens. You believe. You know that you're with God. And God's with you. You know you have the Spirit. You know you've got life in you. 
The doctor said, said this and that. What's wrong with you? Why don't you doing this? Why don't you do that? No, I've got the spirit in me. I've heard God. I'm walking with it. I'm not a mere man. I don't respond the way a mere man would. I don't, I don't, he even says, even when you, when you have loss, he says, don't grieve like the world does, like those who have no hope. People say to me, when I, when I lost Teresa, they, they, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? I said, how do you get back on your feet so quick? Is something wrong with you? And we're not, we, we respond differently. We live differently. Are, are y'all hearing this? We're always in a state of completion, though the world may shatter around us. We are complete in him. Are you? Notice Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't, didn't, didn't tell you how to make this world uh, uh, perfect and do everything that you want it to do so you'll be happy. But he said, here's the victory that overcomes that. It's your faith. Hmm? Jesus didn't care if there was a storm in Galilee. He didn't have to calm the storm to be happy. He was happy while it was raining. <laughs> hmm? Skilled in the word of righteousness. He says, so let's go on to wholeness, perfection. Look at this. What a jump. If Christianity can see this, what a jump from all the stuff that's going on this Sunday morning hmm, to just, boom, complete in him. Never living another day like a mere man. Now, we grow in this word of righteousness, don't we? So it starts, we become more and more aware. It starts to grow in us. It starts to take the ascendancy to where maybe, maybe you believe in it 60% of the time in your life, but after a while, you believe in it 90% of the time. And after a while, it's just who you are. And you've become so secure that the, 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 the world, they don't understand you. You're discerning, you're understanding all things, but the world's not discerning you. You're so secure, they think you're just proud. <laughs> you're so calm, they think you don't care. <laughs> Hmm? You're so happy and you're so loving and you're so forgiving, they think that you're a doormat. <laughs> they don't understand, but you're understanding. You understand. So let's go on to perfection. Not laying again. You're like, boy, next time I come to you, I'd like, to, I'd like us not to be talking about these same old things again. Let's talk about the good, real stuff here. Let's get you in your right place here. Let's go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Now, repentance from dead works is a real issue. That means turn from trusting in your dead works. See, these are real issues. These are basic principles of Christ. But the basic principles, just knowing basic principles itself, that does not cause you to walk like the person that you really have been made to be. It just causes you to know principles. He says, not laying in the, 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 the uh, foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. That's a real thing. But why do we have to keep trying to tell people to have faith in God? <laughs> Let's go on to perfection. We're home. <laughs> why do we, uh, how about the doctrine of baptism? Why do we have to keep making that such a big deal and arguing about that and fighting about that? Uh, there's something so much bigger than that. Let's go on to perfection. Is doctrine of baptisms a real thing? Yes, it is. Lay it out, speak the truth about it, live it, do it, and but don't live the rest of your lives. Well, I was baptized this way, I was baptized that way, so I'm better than you. And I, let's go on to perfection. Let's go on to who we really are. The 
doctrine of laying on of hands. What do you think about this? What about that? Should we lay on hands? Should we do it? Who should do it? Should it be the deacon? Should it be the elders? Uh, is that still for today? Should we still? I don't even care. People ask me this stuff. Is the laying on of hands over? Do we go with it? You know, what should we do? Is it okay to have hands laid on you if you're trying to trust God? Or, or is it just like, oh my goodness, if you could just go on to perfection, those things would just not be, be an issue anymore. Are y'all hearing me? And of eternal judgment. That's a real issue. It's a basic principle. But let's leave all that because it's not about... People are still talking about that. Eternal judgment. He says there's something that supersedes all of that. There's a revelation. A reality. There was a real work that Jesus done. Paul got it. This Pharisee got it. And he says there is so, there is so much more... <laughs> And what I saw. Let's go, let's, let's go to perfection. And this is what we're going to do, he said. If God permits or if God helps to give you revelation so we can start talking and rejoicing about reality here. Would you all stand up?